We're back. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad Withrow with you in our downtown Nashville studio. Sixth and Peabody, Old Smoky Moonshine, and Yeehaw Beer. And we've got very special guest co-hosts with us today. Charlie Arnault. She is up in New York City. She's getting things ready to go. She's working on her screensaver behind her right My, now. Uh, it's actually beautiful. beautiful. Hot- I mean, it is. It looks I'm in the clouds here in San Francisco, it seems, which as we know, is not so beautiful. So this is the last place I would want to be, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I had a nice hot mic background, but we'll get back. We'll, we'll get back there in a, in a few minutes. We'll get the now, hot just... mic background. In the meantime, every time a different city pops up, I'm just going to start quizzing you about the city that's behind you, even if you can't see it at the time. And then we'll, we'll just go A lot, go of, from lot there. of drugs happening here. That's all yeah, I know. No, no, no doubt about it. Um, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers knows something about. <laughs> he does. He does. Ayahuasca, I believe, is his uh, drug of choice. Um, <laughs> I don't know if drugs are involved between Elon Musk and, uh, and what's going on with him and Mark Zuckerberg. The challenge has been laid down between the two men, Charlie. You cover UFC. You know the fighting world a bit. Mark Zuckerberg has been trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, he's getting a lot tougher. He's very fit right now. Mark Zuckerberg is also five foot seven, 154 pounds. And as our guy Alejandro Avilia at OutKick has written – with a tail of the tape, which is a really funny article at OutKick. I, I advise you check it out. Zuckerberg, 5'7", 154. He's worth $100 billion. Elon Musk, 6'2", 205, worth $236 billion. Now, money aside, if these two guys actually fight, as, ha- as the challenge has been laid down, Charlie, um, size versus not so much size, but training on Zuck's side on his behalf. What do you think would happen between the two with your expert knowledge of UFC? Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has the skills. I think size differential aside, uh, Elon Musk, from what I've seen of him, uh, he's got the dad bod going, which, listen, for all you male listeners out there, ain't nothing wrong with the dad bod. All right, just putting that out there. But in a octagon in a cage where the goal is to smash the other person or, you know, get them into a point of submission. Uh, I think that the fighting experience is going to go a long way here. And I also heard, which is hilarious, that Elon Musk, he's already like talking about what tactics he's going to use. He's like, I'm going to use my own personalized move called the walrus which is where I just lay on my opponent and do nothing else. This picture of Elon Musk too. Imagine like it's great. He just in there like hanging out on top of his opponent and he's just like crushing him. I mean, I guess that's some type of potentially successful maneuver, but I don't know. Mark Zuckerberg looks feisty. Uh, but if you ask me just from a, a personal standpoint of who I would want to win, obviously I'm going for Elon Musk. Well, I'm torn here on who would actually win because most of the time with like a bigger person, you think if they can get into their body and just get a hold of them and get them in a headlock and start going to town, the bigger human will win the fight. But with this one, with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu knowledge, well, I don't I mean. think that getting engaged would be the best course of action for uh, Elon Musk in, in this one. Uh, your buddy Dana White has spoken up about this, Charlie and says it would be the most watched fight of all time. And that these guys, he talked to both of them, and that they are serious about doing this. Uh, you may be cage side for this event at some point. Get ready. Listen, I, I feel like it's only necessary that I'm cage side. I feel like it just makes sense for me to be reporting on this one. Uh, they've already 
solicited out Joe Rogan's help in calling the fight, which also clearly makes a lot of sense. Uh, this would be so much fun. Now, I do think I, I think that anyone would be dying to see this fight go down. Uh, it would be more from like a comedic standpoint, though. I don't think anyone's like really expecting to see some like all out five round brawl. Uh, but Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk. I mean, <laughs> just sounds amazing. Well, I mean, sign me up. Would, if you're like I, a true. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, I don't, you know, I don't have to pay for the pay-per-views, but I think they said they're going to do $100 a pop and they're going to donate all the money to charity too, which also is a really cool, I think, little extra aspect of making this one fun. I mean, it's almost like, uh, to a lesser extent, the, the Ocean Gate thing. I, you couldn't pay me enough money for charity or anything if I'm one of these high-profile guys to go into a cage and just make an ass of myself fighting someone else like to get whipped because he's right this will be bigger than conor mcgregor floyd mayweather everyone's going to tune in for this if well, these this two is... guys fight but if you're the one who gets whipped in front of that many people it's tough to come back from that i feel like even if you've got 236 billion dollars just from a rep standpoint i would yeah, not want to get whipped right. in front of that many people right this has nothing to do with money this is bragging rights and dignity and i think two things a let me, I, now I forgot my second one, but one, I think there would have to be some type of bet on the line, right? Because they don't care about money. It's not like, right. oh, you get paid. Who really cares? Like Elon Musk doesn't care if he gets paid from this fight. Mark Zuckerberg probably doesn't care about the money either. There needs to be something more on the line other than just bragging rights. Like you are my personal assistant for the day if you win, because that would be like an extra layer of embarrassment. Uh, so I could see that maybe being an extra maybe angle that they throw into this to making it more exciting um, for the viewer and also the two inside the octagon. I also think that this has to become more successful than McGregor Mayweather even because a lot of people were tuning into even, you know, even if you're not like the biggest fight fan, this is still more of a, a niche fight. Whereas this, if you use social media, which every single person in the world does, then you're going to be interested in this fight. It's just one of those things where everyone of all ages is going to be in on this one. So, I mean, there's no chance that this isn't the biggest fight in history, if it does indeed happen. Some uh, David in the YouTube chat just has three words. He says, Musk to Doughy, uh, which I think is what you're getting at with the dad bod. Dad bod. Musk, yeah, yeah, Musk yeah. to Doughy. It's like a t-shirt. That's a great way to, to put it. Uh, but he I mean, get... if you're standing on your yacht and you've got a little bit of a dad bod or a little dough hanging out, that's all good, right? It's still like, say you're what you yacht. want. I'm on my yacht with my dough hanging out. All yeah. good. But inside of an octagon, you know, about to have a fight, a little bit of a different story. I also think that Elon Musk is the type that would just train like crazy for it and get in really good shape in, yeah. in, in time for the fight. I mean, I think anyone would if you knew you are going to have that many eyeballs on you. Now, some people hate uh, like the golf events where NFL players will play with pros and you get to see guys hit shots like we would on the golf course at times where they don't do it full time and it's not professional level and it's not great. I love it because I can relate to it and it's more about personality. When it comes to the fight game, if you love watching fights and you're used to seeing professionals that are highly trained do it, it's a much higher level. But there is an entertainment value to thinking about normal dudes getting in an octagon and fighting each other. I mean, if Mark Cuban wanted to fight Jerry Jones, I'd be all for paying for the pay-per-view rate, whatever it was, 50 Jerry bucks, Jones, oh, 100 that poor bucks guy. to do it. 
He's very he got his old. His arm snapped instantly. He's very old. I mean, if you go back in time and you know you could have Rockefeller versus Carnegie, this would be the equivalent of Musk versus Zuckerberg today. Um, so I'm all in. I, I hope it happens. Did he do that for president? Uh, <laughs> one of them did. Yes. Yes. Like but honestly, seriously, let's put let's put Trump and Biden in there together, and whoever wins gets to be president. Because I, I, I have yeah. a feeling I know how that one would end up, and I'm okay with it. I think you'd have a tough, you'd have find a tough job finding a state to license that from a health standpoint. <laughs> Dana, uh, for Dana both White the will, two Dana White will uh, do it. almost 80 year old people fighting, <laughs> uh, but you, he'd have to go to an island somewhere that he owns in order to uh, subvert the regulations to get that fight done. But it would be highly entertaining. Um, Rob Manfred, MLB commissioner, says now that he regrets his handling of the cheating scandal with the Houston Astros where they were signaling in pitches and says, hey, if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't have immediately eliminated the ability to punish players in all this. Instead, he punished manager, punished general manager, mm -hmm. fined the teams, but did not punish the players. I like the honesty, Charlie. I also think maybe too little too late to come back, you know, six years later, five years it's later and say this. It's a weird thing to even mention at this point. I, why did this come up? Was there a, what was the situation in which he decided there was even an appropriate situation, which he should address this controversy that happened so many years ago? Yeah, I think he was just in an interview uh, talking to someone and it came up and, and he brought up that he has regrets about just taking that off the table immediately. Yeah. It's, it is, it's too little too late. Who really cares what you should have done? You didn't do it. Uh, it was very obvious what you should have done at that point in time. I mean, it was like blatant cheating. Uh, I don't know. This is, I feel like baseball right now is just not getting any good looks. I mean, they have the controversies, you know, dealing with the Dodgers, uh, Anthony Bass. Now this, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just baseball's Baseball's not in a good place right now. I, I don't think this was the right time to bring this up. I don't think any time was the right time to bring it up. I think what's done is done, and, you know, history will stand as it is. But thank you for uh, weighing in six years later, Rob. We appreciate it. You know, it's, it's, it's always these stories where it's like the movie A Few Good Men, where you had a code red that was ordered, and the whole movie comes down to the responsibility of the person ordered that was given the orders versus the person giving the order. So if your understanding is that they were just following orders from their manager and their team, and this is what the team did, and the players had no choice but to follow management and to follow their coach on that, then I guess you could come up with the plan that, okay, then the players shouldn't be suspended for it. But we all know these players are also adults and knew exactly what they were doing and knew that this level – of tipping pitches and finding pitches and what's happening, the, this level of cheating was not going on in the game. Um, there were other things that were being done, but not to this level. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there should be more personal accountability from the players in a story like this. doesn't matter who ordered the code red. If you followed through with it, then you could be on the other end of it also and face some suspension time. And Rob Manfred now agrees with that. So scouts are now suing Major League Baseball. Speaking of negative Major League Baseball stories, Charlie, there's a group of scouts that are suing Major League Baseball for age discrimination. Now, this comes at a time where analytics have never been bigger uh, in, in baseball, and computers are running the game in many ways. And younger, more analytically driven scouts 
operatives for these Major League Baseball clubs, they're getting the jobs and not older scouts who have done it for a long time. Now, one claimant is saying, quote, we believe the commissioners and the owner colluded to eliminate veteran personnel because of salaries. And this is basically a money dump. Uh, what do you think about this story? And Do you think that the old people in baseball have been discriminated against? I mean, honestly, this is just such a st- uh, stupid argument. A, yeah, there is the the very high probability that if the MLB can get scouts who are just as talented, if not more, using more innovative strategies, then why would they not want to hire those people? Why would they unnecessarily pay out more money for someone to do the job to a lesser extent? I don't know. I'm not a general manager, but that's just kind of the way the world works in general, doesn't it? And then B, I just think it's absolutely spot on that. I think that, you know, I know some guys who are into analytics and the ways that they are figuring out, you know, how to scout and how to examine different players and even in-game scenarios, you know, what plays to run X, Y, Z. I mean, yeah, a lot of it is computer driven and that's the way the world's going. Haven't you heard of chat GPT? A lot of people are using that to write their legal cases now. Some not so successfully, but this is the world, the way the way the world is going. So either get in line and, and learn these new innovative tactics or, you know, be okay with earning less money to do the job that you've always done. I just don't see an argument here. So the Charlotte Hornets, they have an argument right now. They're mad. They're mad at Michael Jordan. Uh, I don't think they're mad about at him for selling the team or the majority stake in the team, but mad at past draft picks. And they're mad last night when Brandon Miller was the selection and not Scoot Henderson. And one Charlotte Hornets fan uh, went on a rant that was hilarious to me. Given the look of the fan the hairstyle, everything else going on with this rant, and that it's the Charlotte Hornets. And he's also going to evoke the name of the Charlotte Bobcats, which, to be honest, I didn't know that Charlotte Bobcats ever had any fans when they were the Bobcats. This guy is very emotional about Brandon Miller being the second overall pick. And, Charlie, here's what the fan had to say after the pick was made. Michael Jordan, you've owned the Hornets, the Bobcats, since I've been a fan, man. And every time I think you're about to do something, like, bad, you do something worse. Hornets fans have been through it all since day one. We have drafted more busts than any franchise. We've had to put up with so much stuff. It has affected my mental to be a fan of this team. And the moment I think, okay, this is it. This is our breakthrough, you know? We draft Brandon Miller. So... I'm rooting for the guy, I guess. It was the wrong pick. I'm rooting for the guy, but that's all. This is someone Charlie just really wanted to be on TV that saw a camera <laughs> there and said, hey, I've got a very strong take on this. I'm not really going to say anything, but I'm going to act like I'm irate about the pick, and I'm going to do so in an emotional way, like I'm giving you a speech, and then you're going to air it on your, your show. And that's exactly what happened. Look, the Brandon Miller stuff at Alabama, I get but he's not going to be charged anything. He was the best player in college basketball last year as a true freshman, so I don't understand Hornets fans being mad about the pick from a basketball perspective, but tell that to this guy. <laughs> okay, first of all, that guy's haircut. I can't. It's great. That's all I could look at. Uh, it didn't really matter what he was saying because all we could focus on was that ridiculous bowl cut. That's great. Um, listen, I also, you know, the guy did a good job of, of remaining on TV for 
quite a long time. Usually you get cut off pretty quickly. So good for, good for that guy. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Miller, I think a lot of people were a little bit ifed or miffed. The word is miffed, not ifed. Um, but I made that up. I might trademark that, uh, because Brandon Miller was chosen. I mean, there was the same reason people were yelling at Malika Andrews for, uh, calling him out on past transgressions leading up to the draft. You know, maybe, maybe some people have an issue, but like I said, the, the NBA is looking at talent and talent only. And they saw all of that in Brandon Miller and, you know, so be it. We've got a judge's ruling with Charlie Arnold coming up next. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. We're back. It is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. I'm Chad Withrow, your host. Live from our 6th and Peabody Studios, downtown Nashville with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. We are getting you through the end of your week. Thank you if you're listening on one of our fine radio affiliates. We appreciate you. We love you all. If you're watching right now on the YouTube page, please subscribe at OutKick. Smash that like button if you're on the YouTube page right now. Not been as active in the YouTube chat today. Running the ship today. I'm the captain. Uh, I'm Captain Phillips, but unlike Captain Phillips, I'm not surrendering to pirates today. I'm going to continue and soldier on and captain the ship to the end of the week up until 6 p.m. Eastern today with Jonathan Hutton out. He'll be back with us on Tuesday, which means very special guest co-host Charlie Arnault. She's with us up in New York City right now. New York City, but she's throwing us off because she's got San Francisco in the background. So always keep keeping us on our toes. Got to keep them guessing. Got to keep them wanting more, right, Charlie? That's the name Absolutely. of the game. She's doing that with her backdrop right now. Every time Charlie joins us for her weekly segment, we do a little thing called judges ruling. We try to put our heads together and decide a definitive ruling about some social norm or some social abnormality. And we've got one for Charlie today that we're going to have a discussion on. And to help us do that, we brought on Davey Hudson, who has a predicament. Davey's going to join us a little bit later also to talk about his dating life. But right now, Ooh. he's going to hop on with us to present a problem, or Davey, is it a problem? I'll just throw it out there, and I'll let you all go with it. But the judge's ruling topic for today, fair or foul, going to a nice sit-down restaurant by yourself. Going to a nice sit-down restaurant by yourself. Charlie, I always think of the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall when Jason Siegel's character gets broken up with, he still goes on the Hawaiian vacation and he shows up at the resort restaurant, really nice sit-down place by himself. And Jonah Hill, who's the waiter, is asking if he can get him a book or do something for him because he's so thrown off by him just sitting there by himself waiting on his meal. Where do you come on the, the, the going to a nice restaurant, sitting down by yourself? What's your ruling on this? Hell yeah. Bring it on. I think if you want to go treat yourself to a nice date, that is awesome. Good for you. Also, uh, I think that for the single women out there, listen, you go to the nice restaurant on your own. What better place to pick up men, right? You don't have any scrubs at the nice restaurants. This is where the guys with the money go, right? So if you're looking to maybe like get yourself into a situation where, you know, you meet someone nice and someone who is successful, whatever the case might be. I mean, the nice restaurant might be the move. Well, I'm saying. And also like there's a difference here between going to a nice place and going to the bar 
and sitting down and ordering a really nice meal at a nice restaurant at the bar versus going at 7.30, 8 p.m. on a Friday night solo and saying, I'll have a table for one. So, <laughs> David, what we're trying to rule on here is legitimately sitting down at a table by yourself, right, to eat a yes. nice dinner. I, I mean, it's something like you want to bring a book. I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Slam and Salmon where Will Forte's character just shows up and he is there for Slam about Slam and Salmon, is that a movie? It, it is. It's I a, love Will Forte. I've never even heard of this a, film. It's Broken Lizard Comedy Group. So if you've ever heard of the movie Beer Fest, it's the oh, same yeah. people that made that. They, Super they, Troopers. They, Super Troopers, uh, Club Dread. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's that group. But, I mean, some people, you know, they just want to be at the restaurant. They'll bring, I, I mean, another thing now with just having your phone handy, a lot of people, while it's not great for social conversations and and having people actually look up for once, I mean, I think it's becoming more and more common. Yeah, it's, I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think especially because if these nice restaurants have meals that you like and really good food. But okay, you know, let, why, why do you need company? Well, I, to well, let's add to time. this, Charlie. This is you prefer going to the restaurant by yourself versus with other people. Oh well, no, that's that's no. I, of course, I prefer of to course, go. With yeah. someone. I can like, make an I, argument. Well, a date or a friend. Yeah, it's always more. You're fun a weirdo, to go with Davey. Let's let's face it. If you, if you prefer <laughs> going to a restaurant solo and sitting down at a table solo, that is very abnormal behavior. I'd I'd be fine with a bar. Like you're out of town on a work trip or whatever, you go to the a nice restaurant and sit at the bar and eat. The booth. See, this is where I come down on it because I agree with Charlie. It's okay. My judge's ruling would be yes, it's fine. Go to a nice sit down restaurant by yourself. That's okay. But I have stipulations on it in that um, booth or bar. Like if it's a booth and you're at the corner and you kind of see everyone and you're by yourself, it, to me that's different than white tablecloth, table that's set for four, they have to take three spots away, and you sit down solo by yourself. Am I crazy to think there's a difference between those? Listen, if you go to a nice restaurant on a Friday night and you are able to get the hostess to take away three table settings at a booth so you can sit there solo, all I'm saying is you are doing something right because usually they will turn you away really quick. So if you find yourself in that situation, I say congratulations. It's an Elon Musk level move is what you're saying. Yeah. You go to like the nicest place and say, I know you're going to be packed tonight and you're supposed to have a reservation, but I want that perfect booth in the corner. Yep. That's for six people. And I yes. want you to take five of those menus away and I want you to sit me down at that spot for six for one person and that's where I'll be dining tonight. That is a power play, Charlie. I agree. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever made a reservation for one at a restaurant? <laughs> um, that's a great question. No. I, I don't think I I've ever had to do that. Yeah. Have you? And here's the yeah. thing. I, I usually, here's, here's actually, I have a little bit of a uh, trick for anyone out there listening. So sometimes if you go on a uh, website, let's say Open Table as an example, where you need a reservation to go to a nice restaurant. Sometimes let's say you need it for two people. All right. And you find, oh, they only have reservations at 545 and 930. You want something more in that sweet spot. Well, there is the trick that sometimes you put in three people, which then requires a four top table. Suddenly new reservations open up. So I'm just saying, if you have to lie a little bit about how many people you have in your reservation to secure the reservation and then day of show up and say, oops, two people got sick. I mean, saying it works. it's it's a risk as some places are highfalutin enough to tell you, no, you can't until your whole party's here or you should have informed well, no, us. No, you say they're sick. You be like, they're sick. They, you remember like back in the coronavirus days, yeah. that was like the ultimate uh, ploy. You could just be like, oh, like, 
these people didn't show up. They think they might have COVID. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh my God, well, we don't want them here anyways. Of course, no problem. So, you know, it's it still work. Does the, the COVID excuse still work in New York? Could you go to a restaurant um, and say, I, I think they have COVID, so there's only going to be two and not four at our dinner reservation tonight. And people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't want them I, here. You're right. You have a seat, ma'am. There's there's a lot of uh, diseases floating around New York. You could monkey pox, COVID. Listen, we've got a lot of things happening here. So there's a lot of excuses you can pull out of your pocket. Uh, okay, my final, I guess, switch of the question I'm going to add is, instead of it being a restaurant, going to a movie by yourself. You prefer that, that versus going totally with people. Totally acceptable. Totally acceptable too. I, I'm, yeah, I'm completely totally with you. Fine. Sometimes schedules don't line up. You know where you're the only one who has availability late in the afternoon or earlier in the day for a matinee or at night. I mean, absolutely. I'm. I. This was a move I'd pull in college a lot. Like if all my buddies had classes at different times and I really wanted to go see something, I was not ashamed to go to an 11:15 a.m. showing of something I wanted to see by myself and watch it with no one else there. So, I, Charlie, you're saying absolutely no problem with that also? Yeah, I think going to a movie by yourself is sometimes the better move, right? You don't have to – there's no, oh, what do you want to see? Well, I want to see this. Well, I get to go see what I want to see when I want to see it, and I don't have to talk to you, and I wasn't going to talk to you anyways because it's a movie. So, case closed. Amen. Judge is rolling. Confirmed. Amen, sister. Put it in the ledger. Both are okay. <laughs> We're going to write it down. Put it in ink. So going to a restaurant solo, totally acceptable. Going to a movie solo, also totally acceptable. Davey, hang on here for this one because the next question I have, and I, I, I raised this question with recent personal experience. Coaching my daughter's travel softball team, I find myself eating a lot more concession food. For years, if I'm at a baseball game, softball game, whatever, hot dog is the play. Like to me, I, I, I like hot dogs. It's the easiest. You could it, you eat it quickly, but I find myself being drawn to the nacho, just the chips. It's very basic. You can't screw it up at these places. It is melted cheese. It's in the little plastic container. The chips are always okay. It's as straight out of a bag. So I'm going nachos. Charlie, what is your go-to concession item if you're at a sporting event? Definitely a hot dog. I I only truly eat hot dogs when I'm at a game. Otherwise, I'm not. You know, it's funny that when I was younger, you used to buy the pack of like six or eight, oh, whatever, yeah. very coming of the Oscar Mayer. And like, I would just have a random pack of buns also at home and like ketchup and mustard. And it would just be like my after school snack, which is really funny to look back on. But yeah, now the only time I get a hot dog is at a game. So I'm definitely going the hot dog route. That is so delicious. And I'm actually hungry looking at this guy's disgusting-looking hot dog right now. Well, it also becomes kind of part of the sights and sounds and smells of a game, right? For you, yeah. that's part of the experience is you go and you're going to have a hot dog when you're at a baseball game. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I, I also am not a beer drinker. Like, that's not something I – like, if I'm going out to dinner or a bar, uh, I usually get, like, a glass of wine or liquor drink of some tequila generally – um, but if I'm at a game, like I'm getting a beer, like that's just another thing. Like it's a part of the experience. I need the taste of beer to wash down my hot dog. Davey, yeah, what Chad, are you rolling this, with? This answer is probably not going to surprise you, but mine is water. And that's typically only if the one I'm trying to sneak in is confiscated. I am one of the cheapest people I know, so I don't like to spend money. The, the markup price is at the concession stand nowadays. It's outrageous. We continue to get to a point to where it's, why would I even want to give you my money? I'm not going to get my money's worth back in whatever that product might be. But if I were to play the game the right way, 
I would probably just go with popcorn. It's simple. You know, it's got the saltiness to it. You mentioned the nachos. I feel like that is kind of having a staple of being at uh, a game and just getting something that's going to, I guess, fill your palate that way. Yeah. The And also now this makes sense as to why Davey asked about going to the restaurant solo because you know, he's, he's never done it. Pay. That means he has to pay for himself. So sometimes this to- will also come back in our dating segment with Davey later, uh, or maybe the lack <gasps> thereof with his unwillingness to spend money. I have the hardest time buying water if I'm going somewhere because Same. I feel like it's so expensive. Same. I'm like, why don't I just get a, you know, a vodka soda instead listen. for seven more dollars? Okay. So there are certain things. Okay. So listen, I can appreciate being cheap in some senses. Like I just have some principles that I just can't get behind because of the cheapness that kicks in. I hate paying for parking. Yes. Drives me insane. Yes. Uh, paying for water drives me insane. Like that, this is a, a necessity to live. I don't think I should have to pay $6 for a bottle of water. Um, yeah, we'll just stick with those two for now. But yeah, so water would be the one thing that I feel like of all things, I can't spend money on because it's just not worth it. Yeah, there are certain things, and I, I flip-flop, but there are extremes on both ends. Parking, I'm with you on that. Absolutely, I have a hard time forking over a lot of money for parking, but certain things I'll never want to spend an exorbitant amount of money on. Uh, tickets are another one. I've been spoiled working in sports where I get so many free tickets to events that I will never splurge on tickets to anything again. But there are also things that I will spend whatever they tell me the price is. Going to the movies is one of them. If it's a movie I really want to see in theaters, they could up that bad boy to $35 a ticket, and I'd probably pay to go, go to the movie. Uh, I, I'm weird that way, and then I'm fine spending the money there, but not other places. McDonald's isn't that expensive, right? But the cost of going to McDonald's sometimes could be getting into a fight like this one that we're going to watch right now where an employee just throws a drink in the face of the customer. Um, Charlie, you don't strike me as someone that goes to McDonald's a lot, but if you were at a McDonald's and this happened to you with an employee, what would your reaction be? Would it be like this, guys? Oh my God. Some people just have no chill. I, I like, I just don't really understand why someone thinks this is the appropriate reaction, no matter what happened. I mean, wow, this, this guy just needs to get laid. I think. <laughs> yeah. Th- is that a good segue into our dating segment? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, definitely for later. Yeah. That, that's definitely a good segue. No, I watched that. And I also think these places are having a hard time finding people to work um, because people are, making money other ways without having a job. So I admire the people that are working somewhere like McDonald's for not a lot of money. And then I see an employee do something like that. And I'm thinking, oh my God, even if you're the owner of that place, like, I don't know that you can fire that guy because it's not easy to replace workers at a place like McDonald's. That guy's willing to show up to work. You know what, this customer pissed him off. So he threw a drink in his face. So, I mean, he may have just had to say, Hey, he probably deserved it. I can only imagine how annoying some people are at fast food restaurants. Probably the majority of people that come through. It probably wasn't even this customer. This was the icing on the cake, right? He was already on the edge. And then it was just the one thing that the customer set said, this guy's like, F this, I am out. Totally set him off. I'm with you. Davey, I know you probably would have responded the same way. Uh, also. Yeah, well, I mean, personally, I have a vendetta against McDonald's, so I don't really want to go <sighs> down that rabbit hole at the moment. Um, we will go down that eventually, though, because I have some questions. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to make sure I don't say anything to get in trouble. Uh, but but outside of that, I, that guy's probably the, the worker. I feel for him. He's in a tough spot. I know a lot of the fast food workers. 
definitely battling. But for this situation, I mean, it's also going to get to a point to where within the next two, three years, that guy's probably replaced by AI anyway. Yeah. Sad as that is to say. Unfortunately, you're probably right. Uh, Neymar's not being replaced by AI anytime soon. He's getting the ultimate hall pass. We may have to carry that topic over to the next segment because it's time to get weird with Davey. Davey Hudson gets weird with us. That's coming up next. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Rolling right along on this Friday afternoon with you, Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network and on whatever fine radio station affiliate you're listening to right now. We thank all of you. If you're on the YouTube page, make sure that you subscribe to Outkick and also smash that like button while you're watching Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton out today, which means very special guest co-host Charlie Arnault in today. She is up in New York City helping us out, doing a fabulous job. Every day on the show, Charlie, we get weird, and we get weird with Davey Hudson, and now is that time. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Weird! Get weird! Weird! Davey, are we going fill-in-the-blank style today, or you're going to let us fill in the blank we the are. the story? We okay. are. So, Charlie, we are playing a game show style of let's get weird, so what's going to happen is I'm going to read you part of a headline, and you have to guess on what is happening on the blank part that you will see on your screen. So we're going to get started. And our first one today, Brazil seizes 28.7 tons of what? Charlie, you have honors. Ayahuasca, I love it. I'm going down the same route. Uh, Cocaine? I feel like in Brazil, it's got to be one of the two. What is it, Dave? Drugs would be a good answer, but it's actually endangered shark fins. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I don't even know the amount of space it would take to store 28.7 tons of shark fins, but they managed managed to do it down in Brazil. Uh, This is obviously illegal. Uh, If you do know that the Asian market is huge for shark fin, it's considered a delicacy in that region of the world. And so uh, these sharks, it was a total of 10,000 sharks. And this is according to a Fox News article, if you want to see more, but that consisted of two sharks. There was the shortfin mako and the blue shark. So that's just local region fishing uh, companies were doing this. And it just so happens that you got to a point to where they had another seizure of 11 tons of shark fin uh, about a month ago. And it's just one of those things that continues to be a growing problem uh, with the nation's or the, the oceans across the world, just the shark population being depleted. Just a random question. I, do you guys know which type of sharks, the top three sharks as far as deadliest attacks? No, but I, uh, going back to the shark fin, I'm surprised that it's just to eat. I thought there would be some other like medicinal use for it. I was almost thinking like ED medication. Like ground up shark fin would be good for that, or some sort of steroid. So I'm, I'm surprised like, guys, it's this just is a my delicacy. Boyfriend. He has ED and he has uh, shark fins for dinner. Yeah, that, I, I, that maybe that's it. Like oysters, you know, they say about oysters forever. Maybe shark fins are like that for in, in Asia. I didn't know. What are the deadliest yeah. shark attacks? Well, David? if you hated this story, at least you can walk away saying you learned something. And the deadliest shark attacks: uh, great white number one. I said that. Tiger shark number two. Bull shark number three. I don't know so that I, I know any other types of sharks other than those three. 
Like a, to me, a shark is a shark. Got a, there's a hammerhead. The, uh, there's a the hammerhead, right? I got that guy in the uh, sea off of Egypt. Yeah, that was a tiger shark. Uh, that was there's, a, one. there's also a sand tiger shark and uh, nurse sharks, reef sharks, ocean, oceanic white tip, black tip. Uh, Davey, there's a nine-year-old in my neighborhood that like dives all the way in on certain subjects, and every time I give him a ride in my car with my daughter to a camp, like he like the last time it was the planets, and he just went through every fact he knows about the planets the entire drive. I feel like that could be you with sharks. Had he been forever, pro- we should just go to you for shark info the way you're just going through the different types of sharks right now, just like the nine-year-old. Was he programmed to dismiss Pluto as a planet? No, I did ask him about Pluto, and he didn't have as much information. He was uh, way more knowledgeable on Neptune, when I, is what I recall about his, his planetary knowledge. What's next, Davey? Uh, the next one we have up, okay, Father's Day was this past Sunday. The headline reads, it's not Father's Day until blank show up. Oh, uh, it's not Father's Day until Dad shows up. Yeah, I was going to go with kids because you're not really, you know, celebrating Father's Day if uh, the kids aren't around. So maybe kids show up. I was going with the strippers on this one, and that's because there's a story out of Mexico where a mayor hired strippers to attend a family event. And they're at this town hall, and they have the fathers, the mothers, and the kids there. And it just so happened uh, they brought some strippers over from the local strip club. And let's just say it did not go according to plan. There's some very uh, blurry photos on the screen I was able to take, but it just goes to show you, man. It's, oh it's, my God! Yeah, it's it's um, try to be nice and put something Listen, on for the that, community. If that's, if that's my husband celebrating Father's Day, he will never live to see another Father's Day again. So I hope it was worth it. It was interesting that they're just on a concrete floor with no chairs, and that <laughs> apparently lap dances are being performed on the floor, just completely laid out. I mean, who's this man never in the back? Never seen that maneuver before. Yeah. Oh, the guy just hanging out? Looks like he's on his phone yeah. in, in the back of it. I do yeah. wonder, do gentlemen's clubs have Father's Day specials? Do they have yeah. like two-for-ones? Do they have like different things to get guys in for Father's Day, or do they completely avoid that holiday altogether? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll find out next week's Let's Get Weird, I'm sure, from Davey with a follow-up to this story. Davey, what's next? Typically how it works. All right, this next one, it's not even a story. It's just a law I found, and I was like, you know what? That's interesting. I'm going to bring that to the table. So here we go. It is illegal to own just one of blank in Switzerland. I'm going to say dog. Charlie? Toilet. <laughs> mm, that's a good one. Mm. Chad, you were actually going down the right path when you went with the animal, but it's actually guinea pig. Yes, it is illegal to own just one guinea pig in the country of Switzerland. The reason behind that is that guinea pigs are social animals, and so the animal conservationists, um, I guess they would be or just advocates were like, you know what, uh, we want to make sure that these are always at least paired up, they have a partner, and so... They have made it a law in Switzerland. So if you go there, just know you're not going to be able to buy just one if you ever were in Switzerland looking to buy a guinea pig. Did you ever have like a guinea pig or a hamster growing up? I never had one of those. I I feel like, Charlie, there were at least two or three of my elementary school teachers who possessed a rabbit, guinea pig, or hamster for the class. Uh, Growing up, like, I always had one. Yeah. Why was that that a thing? Is that still a thing? Can anyone, does anyone have kids where they, is that a thing? No, I, I, I have kids, and it's certainly not a thing in my house, uh, nor is any other pet. Also, I remember also, like, when there would be the uh, holidays, 
someone would get to take home the hamster or the guinea pig. Like yeah. it would be their pet. And it would be like, oh, I want to take it home. And now looking back, you know that guinea pigs are considered rodents, right? They're disgusting. They smell horrible. Yeah, they're disease carriers also. They're disgusting. They're literally horrific. And I'm thankful I never won the class lottery to take them home. But yeah, they those were, uh, those were something back in the day. I also think of things now from the parent perspective, now that I am a parent. And I think if my child was handed a guinea pig or hamster over Thanksgiving break to take home for me to take care of, I would be so angry, right? Think about our parents when we were little, if we decided, oh, please me, please me, Mrs. Chapman, please let me take the guinea pig home. And our parents were forced to have the guinea pig in their own home for an extended period of time. Crazy. So I'll step in. When I was five, I actually had a guinea pig. Did you? He lived lived for three years. It was a crushing loss. I think that was like actually the first situation where I lost something I cared about. Uh, So that, that one hit me hard. R.I.P. Squirtle. It's been several years now. Uh, but, um, oh, speaking of this, this is just random as well, but I feel like that kind of just works for this segment, speaking of Squirtle. Charlie, do you know what the most, the highest grossing franchise of all time is when it comes to media? We talked about this on the show yesterday. Grossing franchise of all time. Franchise. Marvel? No. It's Mar- on the list. Marvel comes in at nine uh, at $38 billion. But it's actually Pokemon, and it's a hundred and nineteen oh. billion. Okay, I could see that. I I was never, I've never been a Pokemon fan, uh, but I can I can understand. I get I mean, it. Most everyone with a social life would probably say the same. Not a big Pokemon <laughs> person myself either. Davey, on the other hand, celebrates the entire catalog of Pokemon. No, just I don't in, even know just what it in, is. Just Indigo League. It's like the first two seasons. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. About, I don't um, know what it is. Hell of a time. Is Harry Potter on that list? Yep. Harry Potter comes in at 10, uh, number 10, okay. yeah, 33 billion. So uh, right behind uh, Marvel there. But uh, the, the one we were really just stooped on was the fact that Hello Kitty was number two overall. Yeah, Hello Kitty number two, all time. I, see, I can get behind that because there is a very special character in the Hello Kitty lineup. Its name is Kuropi. Anyone know Kuropi? No. Uh, I'm going to. Frog. No. It's the frog. Anyways, okay. Kuropi is, is my. Ride or die. I've been. I was sleeping with Kuropi for the first, you know, x amount of years of my life. It, it was my favorite stuffed animal. So I actually I can get behind Hello Kitty being up there. See, that's like that's that's what Pokemon was for me. That was like one of the first things as a kid that I actually gravitated towards. As far as like something that I found entertaining was watching on TV. Like a you know I had a, 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 a I got a Pikachu when I was like four. So I, I understand where you're coming from there. I but, mean, I yeah. like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was a kid too, but I don't collect Ninja Turtles today. So well, I don't have a difference now. between that. And yeah, and another people. story, Charlie, that we got into is the fact that Hugh Hefner's son was uh, putting himself on OnlyFans so he could buy a six-figure Pokemon card. But again, that's a story for another day. But hey, we started in Brazil, and I want to get us back there. So Neymar, famous soccer player, he is from Brazil. Yeah, okay, I made sure on that yeah, one. He is. He is been given a hall pass, but his hall pass comes with stipulations, Charlie, and those oh. stipulations are. Uh, from his fiance, who, you know, mind you, is eight months pregnant at this time, that he must wear a condom and no kissing the other girls on the mouth. Everything else goes. Yeah, I'll let you all discuss. Have at it. Everything else goes. I'm, I'm guessing by Charlie's response to the Father's Day stripper romp that we talked about earlier, she would probably not be okay with this. Well, uh, with any future okay husband with of this, hers. But- but listen, I also wouldn't give the hall pass in the first place. This woman is clearly a gold digger. She's with him for one reason, uh, because he's a celebrity, he has tons of money. 
Uh, no chance she would be giving her broke boyfriend at a hall pass like this. I mean, she realizes this is a part of the game. You want to be engaged to Neymar. You got to let him do what he wants to do. But I can guarantee you, he is certainly kissing women on the mouth if everything else is going down. So, honey, good luck to you in up, uh, upholding those rules that you have you have put out for your cheating fiance. <laughs> this woman's name is Bruna Biancardi, and she is a, yeah. a, a model. Listen, um, I'm sure she has tons of diamonds dripping all over her body at all times. I'm sure she drives a nice car. I'm sure she has all the best designer handbags. I'm sure she lives in a beautiful home. I'm sure she's very happy. I mean, this is just kind of her way of exerting a little bit of control over Neymar. But at the end of the day, a cheater is a cheater. So who really cares? You know, kissing, think, kissing your mouth is the least of your worries. Yeah, I think that it, it's probably all, I feel like it's like a trap. You know, I don't. I don't think this is totally real that she's actually doing this. This is a third-party report saying this. I feel like this is almost like a test that she's putting forth with him to see how he, he responds to it. Definitely cheats on her. This is not a question. He one thousand percent. Well, of course, probably most you know international soccer stars uh, do as well. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, she's she's beautiful though, so you know, good for her. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be in a situation like Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis were in the movie Hall Pass, where they actually were really struggling to make things happen. He's probably just got women throwing themselves at him constantly. Classic movie, uh, one that could be a sequel at some point, but I'm sure they're not going to do that. Another one with Owen Wilson that should be a sequel, Wedding Crashers. Uh, that needs to happen. Uh, I've heard the rumors of Wedding Crashers too for a while. Does it need to happen? Yeah, see, I, Davey's kind of like this too, where you, you, they think you've ruined the original. If you screw yeah, it up with a sequel. There's a good chance. Wedding Crashers is such a beautiful classic that I think there's no chance you even match its greatness. So I say leave it alone. Should they make a dodgeball too, Charlie? Uh, spoiler for everyone who thought I was cool. I'm not. I haven't seen Dodgeball. Mm. That's so, one. so is that a no? or? Well, I don't know because I haven't seen it. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> you, know, you probably have better things going on over the weekend, but I would highly recommend watching dodgeball at some point i have it on dvd Vince i'll lend it i'll lend it to you i watched a uh, documentary last night about uh people who do do like really intense rock climbing expeditions it's called meru it was really good what what streaming service um i i think it was purchased on apple but you can i could probably get it on amazon prime whatever it is it, i it was a, a purchase but uh it's kind of similar to free solo you know the ones yeah. where have you seen those they're insane yeah. This wasn't a solo climb, like they have ropes and all that, but they did like one of the toughest uh, cliffs. It's up in uh, India, India and the Himalayan mountains. And it was, oh my God, uh, I, I'm such a baby. I don't know how they do this, but yeah. Riley Gaines recently spoke on Capitol Hill and uh, like clockwork, she's receiving some criticism for stating the obvious. We'll talk about what she had to say and get into that criticism when we come back in the final hour of this Friday show. It's Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. <laughs> 